Welcome to The Heath Barnes Show, bringing you interviews and insights to grow your business from some of today's leading voices in the mortgage industry. The Heath Barnes Show is brought to you by your podcast team, where having your own podcast is as easy as being a guest on ours. Find out more at yourpodcast.team. Now, here's your host, Heath Barnes. In this episode, you'll hear from my good friend, Blaine Stewart. Blaine and I have been uh, friends for a long time. And one of the reasons I asked Blaine to come on the show is just he's the example of what a great loan officer looks like, not only in, in business, but in life. He, he plays at a level most of us only dream about. And in business, he's got a great mentor program that he'll talk about. He reaches out to a mentor in his community and meets with him on a regular basis. He talks about how to bring in agents, newer agents and existing agents, which in, in, in the time that we're in, we're about to, we're about to exit this refi market and, and knowing strategies on how to bring in purchase business is going to be key moving forward. And then just some of the great things he does in life that moves his life forward. Some great book recommendations. And I'm super excited. I think you're all going to learn something new. And he's the kind of guy that wants to give it away. So if you're a loan officer and you're looking for some strategies or you're looking for uh, some some free material, Blaine's got it. He's going to give you his personal cell phone number. That's what I love about Blaine is he's always willing to help uh, to help someone in, improve their business if that's what they want. So I hope you enjoy this as I did. Uh, it was fantastic. Welcome, my good friend, Mr. Blaine Stewart, to the show. Hey, hey, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to share share my experience in the mortgage business with you. Yeah, for sure, Blaine. Well, you know, when I when I first thought about having a podcast, I knew you would be the first loan officer that I'd want to uh, interview, just simply because when I think of our business, I think of you know, people in our business that I honor and that I feel like are playing uh, their life as a loan officer at another at another level, another a level of greatness that you know I honor and appreciate, and not only your business but also your life. You know, when I start when I think about Blaine Stewart, I think about uh, our trip six months ago. You remember when you called me out of the blue when I was in your area? And uh, I was in town and uh, you said, uh, Heath, I'm going to, I was about, you know, an hour away and you said, Heath, I'm going to, I'm going to send a car to you. And you had a car pick me up and uh, drive me to where you were in Charlottesville, Virginia. And it was about, it was evening time. And you said, here, I got some fun ready for us. And we went on a hike into the, into the woods, about a five mile hike into the woods and then <laughs> And, 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 and took a dip into 40-degree water. You remember that? Absolutely. Yeah. You got to gotta, gotta live a little bit before you die, right? That's right. So, uh, yeah, it's the first time I'd ever done a night hike. And so we put on headlamps and ran 40 minutes into the woods uh, and, and then took a dip into about 40-degree water where we swam for about 10 minutes and then ran back to the car. That was one of the top 10 hiking adventures I've ever been on. So, uh, yeah, when I think of you, I think of living life at that level. So, uh, I appreciate you being here. Yeah. Anyways, tell me, uh, tell people that don't know you, Blaine Stewart, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you live, where you work, size of your team, your office. 
Absolutely. Um, I am uh, Blaine Stewart. I live in central Virginia. For most people listening, it would probably be, you know, an hour from D.C. going south. Um, we live in beautiful area. The Blue Ridge Mountains are all around us. Um, myself, I'm 45 years old, married. I have two children. And uh, as far as my mortgage business, I've got a, a support team of five people that help me, you know, serve our customers, myself and our realtor partners. And um, I have two offices. Actually, I have three at the moment, but we're getting rid of one location and we're opening up a new one. So I have two offices in uh, Central Virginia. Nice. So two offices in Central Virginia, probably coming off one of your best years ever. Yeah. Well, I think almost everybody in the mortgage industry last year with the or with the run of COVID for sure. But yes, I had my best year ever last year. I did personally, I did about seventy six million, and our office did about a hundred and just say 170 million. That's a lot to be proud of. So how, how'd you get in the business, Blaine? Um, I got in the business, I think like a lot of people, I, I myself, you know, don't have, um, I, I'm a, I'm an intelligent person, but I didn't have a lot of like school background and things. So I, um, my last job, I spent probably the last year of my career at an electronics company, um, scouring the Bureau of Labor Statistics, figuring out, you know, what can a guy with my education level do to make the big money. And um, I narrowed it down to pharmaceuticals, financial advisement, or the mortgage industry. And uh, one of my friends at that time was making 90,000 bucks a year, which seemed like a million to me. And, um, you know, one thing led to the other and I got in the mortgage business and I'm, it was probably the luckiest move of my life. And what year was that? Uh, let's see. I think this is my, I want to say 18th year in the business. You know, so that would put me, you know, roughly around 2001 or two, I think. Yeah. What was what was the business like around that time? Uh, at that time, it was um, I worked at uh, H&R Block Mortgage, which was a, a subsector of what's called Option One Mortgage. And mm -hmm. um, it was right at the beginning of all of the, um, you know, adjustable rate mortgages and things that kind of caused the meltdown last time. Option Arms. Um, so, option arms and no doc loans. I actually saved a bunch of flyers from that because I think those are going to be like, you know, memorabilia in the future. Right. And, um, but I just, we got in there and we were just, um, we had actually were soliciting all the H&R block clients. And uh, it was kind of like a rocket ship because I got in on early on the ground floor on that. And within six months we were funding, you know, went from something like a, I can't remember the exact numbers, but I don't want to say it was like 10, 10 million on the first month to doing like a half a billion within six months. So it was just like a rocket ship. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was exciting. It, it was, it was really exciting. Yeah. You, you remember at that time, like uh, a disclosure package was maybe seven or eight pages, you know, and in, instead of emailing them, you had to overnight them or have them come to your office. Absolutely. And we had to, I remember we also used to, um, because after that experience, um, I went off to uh, open up a brokerage company. I remember we used to have to fax back and forth all the scenarios to the loan reps to figure out things. And it's qu quite a bit easier. And I think the trees are smiling a little bit more these days, you know, based on all the electronic things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, tell me, you know, we're all, I think we're all coming off one of our best years ever, but I also think that some of us think, uh, the market could be changing. How do you see the market changing in the next six to, six to nine months? And what changes are, are you making uh, already based on that kind of prediction? 
Well, Heath, um, you, you know it, um, but I, I myself had kind of a unique experience because I actually had COVID about a month and a week ago. Mm. And, um, you know, I was, I was actually, it was still during the, the rates before they had corrected. And um, I was just, I was not handling it very well. I was still like doing way too much and I was at my house sick. And um, so at, right about halfway through the first two weeks, the, the rates changed. And um, I think just going through COVID, and some of the side effects mentally that 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 you know um, situation causes to people. Um, mm-hmm. I got back. My change is actually as soon as I got healthy, I came back to the office, and um, I've I've learned over the years, Heath, that I you know I'm a I'm a pretty good executor now. I used to be an overthinker in the business, mm-hmm. but I execute on things pretty promptly now. Um, so I kind of came back from there, just looking at the numbers. I think the changes will be that you know. Anybody who was purchased purchase centric before the rate increase is probably the safer group over the next year mm-hmm. or two. And mm-hmm. I, I think um, the changes that I made is I, I'm, I mean, I immediately kind of got all my list together for my realtors and graded them on who I could call and get get traction with immediately to rekindle the relationship. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's the the biggest change I see is that we're really going to need to go out and kind of make sure our relationships are firmed up. Uh-huh. Um, we, we need to, we need to pick up a new, a couple new realtors. And I think I was ahead of everybody. I came in and I kind of got rid of any extra, um, unnecessaries at my operation where I kind of looked at some of the job duties and some of the things. And I really just tightened up my P and L just as tight as I could possibly get it. Because I think that's going to happen for most people in another hundred or 120 days, they're going to start reacting. And I wanted to be ahead of that. Right. It, you said something that sparked my interest, which was that you, 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 you've turned into a good executor. And so what changed for you that, that, or what action did you take or did you read a book or and how were you before and how'd you become a good executor? Because I think a lot of us in the industry, we hear all these ideas and then we, we fail to execute them. Okay. Um, mine was a, I got into a coaching and I've been coached, you know, for probably about 13 or 14 years of my, my professional life in the mortgage business. Mm-hmm. And I got into a group and I know that's where I met you, Heath, was at core training. Mm-hmm. And, um, and what happened is I had a, a lady who ironically is my current coach, um, join the, the core training with me. Her name was Nikki. And, mm-hmm. um, I got in on our first call and I was a, I was a getting ready to get ready guy, meaning I would I would overthink and over plan everything to make it perfect. And then what right. Nikki would do is she would she would just take an idea and implement it and then kind of make adjustments. Yeah. And um through that through the last, you know, ten years of being around the core, um, I've really kind of shaken off my overthinking and I execute really quickly and then adjust and I really train myself and discipline myself and my, my staff and the people I coach um, to just really just execute and then adjust. And it, it's it. really just because every, every person I've ever seen, Heath, that just really explodes, whether it be in business or life, they just take action. And that's, that's the key, I think. Yeah, there's a great book called uh, Scrum, and it's the art of doing twice the work in half the time. It's called Scrum, and it, it's it's similar to what you're talking about, which is instead of figuring out, okay, what's my entire loan process? 
well, let's figure out the first three steps and implement them immediately and then make some adjustments accordingly. So I like that idea. Also, you said you, you uh, while you were off, you graded your agents. Is that what you said? You graded your agents to figure out which ones were bringing in the most revenue. Uh, tell me about that process. What's that look like for you? Absolutely. Um, what I did is I, I went on a trip. Um, it was, a, I can't remember exactly what it was. It was some sort of business trip. And um, I took my, I printed my realtors uh, on that trip and of anybody who had sent me business in the last um, two years. And so I went through and I regraded all the realtors, which in our system, we just grade them from, you know, A plus down to C and anybody who's a D just means delete them. Right. And um, so, so basically I just regraded them and I made a starring system where I kind of said, okay, if, if which one could I call first to just kind of that, what's the easiest money? Cause one thing Heath, I think I'm, I'm pretty decent at is kind of knowing where the money is. Like what's the yeah. next move to make, to bring the money in the fastest. Mm-hmm. So like I kind of just graded all the people that I could call the quickest and just get going. And then I made them in descending order down to just pretty much cold calling just because I think that organization, you know, and having that focus just helps me when I execute the calls. Yeah. When, when you're grading I, them, are you grading them based on the number of leads you're receiving in a month or in the last six months? Or are you grading them based on closed transactions or likability? Uh, I probably am more of a, of a, I would say I'm more of a like relational type person. So I think I really do do it probably most based on likability and, um, you know, and just the ones that I can convert, meaning that they're going to, you know, if I just called them and had one, one phone call or one meeting that they likely would re-engage with me and send me more leads either to increase the number of leads or to get, just get leads. Right. Yep. So I think I would say I'm much more, you know, gearing them towards and I, I, you know, Heath, it's probably like your business. I'm really focusing on working with people that I like because, you know, me at 45, I'm not old, but I'm not young. So I really want to work with people I like. And I think that leads to better business, just working with people that yeah. are fun to work with. Yeah, I think I think people forget that in this business, when you start off, you know, you're just happy to have someone send you business. But as you get more experience uh, doing business with someone, who you you like, know, and trust, and you enjoy hanging out with and being around because there's we're all going to have problem transactions, and I think that you know when you, when you work with someone that that you like and they like you, and there's a problem, they're going to dismiss it rather than it's if it's trans, a transactional based relationship. Uh, as soon as you make a mistake, they're going to go to the next transaction. So I, I love that advice from you. Um, yeah, so- I think it, I think just one other thing I'd add on that Heath is just that, um, you know, I, I find that like for me personally, um, right. if I enjoy working with them, I'm, I, I'm not really necessarily looking, I don't like top big monster producers all the time. I like people that are probably from 10% down to about 30% on the production list. Cause mm-hmm. those people tend to need me more than somebody who's just going to look for me to this you know, give out a couple names. I'm looking for the relationship that really needs a good loan officer to, to make a wow experience. Yeah. And for you, like what's your ideal agent look like? Like how much, how many transactions would they do? How much dollar volume and, and why in, in that range, that 10% or 30% is what we're talking about that you're looking for. Um, I, I think what I realized as I did that list, Heath, um, number one, like me, 
Um, I'm, I'm a loan officer, but I'm really like a, my passion in life is business. Like I've always just been a really, you know, in the business and numbers. And um, right. so my ideal partner is someone that's serious about business and wants to grow their business and make a real process. Cause I find that most loan officers and realtors really have spent very little time to like really work with each other to talk about how they set each other up and what their processes are like. So my, my very best target is someone who's willing to build a process with me. Yeah, I love that. Your, your passion is, is people that are passionate about business. And I think one of, the, one, of, one of the things that you do that I want to emulate and have, have begun that process is you've got this great mentor program, people that you seek out uh, in business and in life that you want to be like or you see they're successful. Can you share with the audience a little bit about that program and uh, how you started it and what it looks like for you? Sure. Um, When I was, um, you know, early in my career, I'd say probably within the first five years of being a loan originator, it came really clear to me because I like you, Heath, I know you're constantly like attending seminars and reading books and kind of on that constant and never um, ending improvement cycle. And I I just I don't want to ever get off of that. But what happened is I learned that, you know, I needed to go ahead and seek out people that were playing at a really big level in business just so I could, you know, I, I now as a little bit older, I realize it's just because getting around that energy is, is going to spread over to you. And um, mm-hmm. so I used to seek out one per quarter, somebody who was playing at like a, you know, like a NFL team owner type level, somebody who was just playing super big. I would stalk them down because that's a big part of our skills in this business is just, you know, getting in contact with people and playing big and following up a lot. And um, so I would meet people and they would just, I would say, hey, listen, I'm not going to sell you anything. I just want to understand your story. And they all would just be like, heck yeah, this is the best call I've had all day. And um, and so once you get with them, they would just teach me things. And and then obviously through the coaching and training, I've learned that coaching and mentorship is really, you, you can't really see the picture if you're inside the frame. Um, oh, wow. So, cool. so what I've what I've done in my business is I've I've taken the gifts because I really feel like, you know, obviously all luck comes from lots of hard work and lots of grinding, but I feel really lucky to have like been exposed to core training, to have somehow gotten onto the path where I met these amazing people. And um, so what I do at my office is um, I really seek out, I really don't have any experienced loan officers. I don't want to ever hire people with experience in my my branch, I think new people and new energies where it's at. So yeah. um, I just take my gift, my gifts, and I bring in these new people, and um, I've built a pretty structured system to where I've got a. It, it's pretty scalable in terms of training these people, and um, and then all we do is we just kind of share the tactics with us. Like my business is really simple because we're almost a hundred percent just realtor focused. We don't really mess with builders. We don't. Besides our customers and realtors, that's our only focus. We teach our loan officers. Mm-hmm. And um, so we just teach a lot of the things I've learned. And I coach all my loan officers every week. I'm sorry, every other week in groups. And right. um, we just have a lot of fun. My, my main thing is just to be around really good quality people that I can have fun with. Like that's the secret to my, my mentorship program. Good people that, you know, maybe a little bit underdog story is part of our, of our story here. Yeah. You know, bring yeah, the underdogs underdog. in and ter- take them from twenty thousand to six hundred thousand. You're going to have some serious loyalty. Yeah, that's an income, right? 
That's that's right, an income. Yep. Yeah. And so you bringing in, bringing in these new people. Um, number one, what, what do you seem to find them? Number two, um, how do you know you found them once you found them? Like, how do you know that this person is the kind of person that you're looking for? Well, uh, it's it's pretty much the you know we learn a lot about like in coaching and life about the disc profiling system. Right. Um, and anybody who's familiar with that, what I'm looking for on a disc profile is I'm looking for all dominance and all influence uh-huh. with just a, li- a, a little tiny sliver of um, S and C. Okay. Um, so so we're, that's the first thing I do. I'll talk with them for a few minutes. I'll say, man, you seem like an awesome person. I'd love to meet with you and just you know learn more about you. Hey, would it be okay if I text you this disc profile? What we do is we use the free disc profile. It's one two three test.com. Right. Um, we do have some deep, deeper um, disc profile things that we use for for candidates. But I just right. talk with them. I go I go meet them and and he's I, like I told you on the realtors. I'm more of a gut person. I like when I'm right. making my calls and things. I'm more just calling people based on where my gut tells me I need to call. I'm not so much of a like a dead on the money list guy. I've got lists, but I, I dial based on my feelings of who I need to speak with. And um, when I meet the people, it's usually pretty like where we get them from to answer your question is we usually target people that are really outgoing at, let's say a restaurant um, that comes up and just, Hey, how can I serve you? Oh gosh, I'm really thankful for coming in. Is there anything else I can do for you? Anyone who's really just doing those extra questions and really has that energy that just makes you feel excited to be around them. Like, those are the people to me that have really just, I mean, accelerated like crazy. Um, also, people from the restaurant business, the car business, and a lot of those industries already understand like really high level work ethic and right. what it's like to grind out for long hours. And then there's also, I mean, just on a basic level, you're taking, you know, probably by and large where they're fiscally sitting and where you could take them to. So there's just probably a big upside for them. Yeah, I'm always looking for people like you said, that are working in those other industries where they might be working on the weekends because, you know, most people that are working on the weekends probably don't want to be working on the weekends. I look for people that say, my pleasure, because obviously they've learned, uh, they've had some coaching or mentoring because not everyone says my pleasure when you you offer a a service. I look for people that that might ask me a, a, a question or two about what I'm talking about and someone that if there's been a difficult situation like it, that you've dropped something and you're at a restaurant and just the way they handle that, whether they lose their cool or not, or they stay under cool, it's just those little things that can identify those people. So I, there, you're talking about tests. I recently was in my Vistage group. I attend Vistage worldwide and we meet once a month, and there was a gentleman by the name of Spencer Horn. Now, I don't know if you remember Spencer Horn or not, but Spencer Horn, when I walked into the room, I saw him, and I thought, I know this guy. And about halfway through his speech, he says, well, as the CEO, or when I was the CEO of poor Leadership, and I <laughs> yelled out in the middle of his speech, that's where I know you. And and he goes, oh, you went to rapport. And there's 20 people there and they're all looking at us. And he, I got in a conversation later with him, but he does this questionnaire that helps with communication. 
It's called uh, a P, it's a PDP Global ProScan, but I'm going to have him on the podcast in the next few weeks to go over this communication test. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to have him send you a test and he'll follow up with you and see if you awesome. like it. It's similar to the disc test, uh, but I think okay. it takes it to another level, but uh, just something off the cuff I wanted to mention to you as you were talking about uh, different tests. So um, you, you seem like you have a lot of experience with some of the younger loan officers. Like what are, what are the things that you're teaching those loan officers that you bring aboard that have like less than five years experience? Like when you're thinking about tactics, uh, what, what Jack Daly said is, uh, what are the uh, high high producing a, uh, activities, HPAs, high producing activities that you teach your newer loan officers, like maybe three tactics that they need to be executing on a daily or weekly basis? Well, the, the tactics that, that I do are, it's my, I think the thing for me, Heath, is I'm a, my brain is really active and I move really fast in the world, but I, I, I've learned to that you just got to keep it really simple. Okay. So mm -hmm. I just, the, the tactics that I focus on for new people, like number one is that if you teach them first, like when I first bring people in, I, I, I let them literally hang out for about two weeks with our team just so they can learn our culture. Cause if they can't sell and be excited about our culture and excited about how much our ethics improve our community, like, cause at our, our group, like we, we want to raise the standard in the mortgage industry. Like, I don't just want to close loans. I want to raise the standard and like make it where my competition can't even get close to me. Just, mm. just because we treat people so good. Mm -hmm. So I think it really first starts off of teaching people that, you know, the ethics behind doing these mortgages isn't just to get, you know, gangster rich. It's to really bless people, you know? So I think yeah. that's, that's the, that's probably what sets my group apart because I think a lot of people are in this just to be transactional. So I really, first off, I teach them about our ethics. Second, we get them doing um, systematic things for some of my top agents, meaning like setting appointments with professionals because a lot of realtors have really never called and set a lot of professional appointments. We'll actually help them do that. Um, we then, we progress them from doing professional, like systematic things with our partners to getting to the simple answer is we make them make 60 phone calls a day to book appointments with realtors for the, the senior loan officers. Okay. And the, we, what happens there is two things. Like number one, I'm the kind of person that likes to break even on any business investment as quick as possible. That's just my nature. Right. So, so as soon as you get those, those, um, junior loan officers and training dial in for those realtors, they're learning a skill that almost nobody in business has because there's almost no one that you'll ever meet that has done 60 cold calls a day to book appointments. Right. And what that, what, ha what happens by default is they, they build up these memory muscles of doing this activity. So when they go meet with business people, they can literally teach them skills like how to make cold calls, how to send calendar invites, how to do a lot of the things that a lot of professionals take, you know, for granted or don't implement. And that way my people can kind of bless all the professionals by teaching them basic business skills. So I yeah. think a lot of my business approach for what I teach them is to focus a hundred percent on realtors for the first two years. You don't even need to learn about any other professionals or builders or anything. It's just all realtors for two years. 
and then just pretty much to meet them, find the partner's problem, and then just work to implement a business system to solve their problem. And that what happens, Keith, which is the secret, is the daisy chain, the meetings with these realtor partners implementing business systems. That's what we do. We don't we usually try to find their problems and use some of the systems to build our relationship with the realtor partners. Wow. So you're identifying problems that they may be having in their business. Show them a system you're doing or you're using to help them with their business. Is that right? That's right. And and so an old coach of mine and one of my best friends out of Texas, his name is Heath Barnes. He taught me that the quality the quality of my questions equals out to the quality of my life and my business. So yeah. so what I teach my people is the top salespeople out there, they ask eight times more questions than the bottom salespeople. Yes. And what and what happens is when I'm sitting there listening to them, you know, of course we teach everybody in the beginning just to, you know, be charming and get them to trust you, but we really are quickly trying to figure out where those holes are in their business, whether it be bad prospecting. They don't get enough leads. They they're terribly disorganized. They're, we even sometimes I teach them how to just look at their phone and see if their phone is just a big disarray where we can just help them do basic basic things because that's really what makes great people is basic things. It's not some shiny object or some fancy CRM. It's just basic things. Yeah, and, and for some of the uh, newer loan officers that are listening, how, what's a script that you use? Like when you when you're calling them, you give your these newer employees or newer loan officers, a script that they go off of, and if so, what's that sound like? Sure, like when they're when they're dialing, um, it's 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 very hard to dial on realtors. You know, like if any any of us that are newer, it's it's intimidating and scary. Um, right. So I just teach them. I teach them that you know they need to find some level of problem. They need to build rapport and find a problem or something common they can you know, latch onto on a quick phone call. So it's more about just taking some high D and high I person. Heath is naturally going to be chatty and kind of dominant. Right. So, so what so I just teach them, just literally get in there, try to make them laugh in the first 30 seconds, mm-hmm. you know, find, find some sort of common bond. And then, you know, while they're shooting the breeze, find a little bit of a problem and just book the appointment, you know, to solve yeah. the problem. And it, And we always just kind of, I really don't think there's a, like the script is not anything more than just make them laugh, you know, talk about you know, their their experience a little bit, stroke their ego, and then yeah. pretty much try to find a problem and then just show like when we meet that it's going to basically help amplify and make them money. Yeah. That's the that's yeah. the basic steps. The scripts I could share with people, but it's that's the basics. Yeah. But yeah, if you share some of those scripts, we'll uh, we'll put those in the uh, show notes so everyone can uh, access them. But also, a tactic that I don't know if I've shared this with you that we started implementing with some of our newer uh, loan officers, people that are less than uh, you know a year in the business, or even people that are on my team, is we have an uh, an app. I think it's called My MTA Go, and and, and here in Houston, uh, we can identify all the brand new agents, and those are agents that just got their license in the last 30 days, and you'd be surprised how many agents get their license here in Houston. It's like 100 every month, and so we download that list, and we give those to some of the newer loan officers, and they just call the new agents. And they just say, hey, Blaine, how you doing? I understand you're a new agent. And the new agent yeah. says, yes, <laughs> you know. 
And I said, hey, Blaine, would you, would you, um, I bet you're excited about being a new agent, aren't you? I'm super excited. Yeah. Well, hey, I would, I was just wondering if it, can I interview to be your preferred lender? I didn't know you're a new agent. I thought you might need a, a, a new lender. What, can I interview to be that person? Uh, yeah, I don't know much about it. I know my broker said there's a couple lenders, but I, I think I'm open to learn anything. Great. Well, most of the new newer agents like to come to our office to meet with me face to face, but we can do a Zoom meeting or, or over the phone, whichever you prefer. That's that's solid. Yeah, I think that's great. I we've also talked about you know kind of making it. Hey, we're the we're the lending welcoming committee. Congratulations. I don't know if you know it, but you know we we've, we've got a standard practice with new agents. We meet with you and just welcome you to the industry. I've got yeah. two of my people, you know, actively working with where the realtors, the new realtors sign up for their licensures. So we're actually right, right now working that angle to build the relationship with the people that run the real estate associations. We're oh, working yeah. to take them out to lunch, get, take them out to lunch and get the, so we can get, you know, the hot off the press list. We don't, I like, I don't have that software you have, but that's really cool. Yeah. Well, maybe I can help you find it, but um, I think new agents are a great, if, I think they're a great avenue for newer loan officers, but even uh, more experienced ones as well, because I, what I what I have found is new agents always fall into one or two deals, and they usually have a a good first year, and then the second or third year end up being uh, a little bit more difficult because, um, yeah, their their idea of how to get business has changed a little bit. So, well, um, can I can I share something on that with you, Heath, real quick? Please. Is um, um I like I said I always like to analyze numbers. I think it just makes me you know relax when I'm crunching numbers. And when I did that trip, I was telling you about with those realtors. And every uh-huh. year I I crunch out at the end of the year we go off site and we crunch all the you know realtors we got referred by. Um, I think what the truth of the matter with the business is is most people loan officer wise are not getting all their business from big accounts. Um, uh-huh. If you're a bigger producer, like over half of my business is usually from realtors I've acquired within the last 24 months. Huh. Um, so okay. what, what that means is I'm getting a little bit from a lot is a much better tactic than to try to, you know, because bigger accounts and things, they want you to, you know, support them and do lots of extra energy. Newer people, like you said, they're going to have their mom, their brother, their sister, and a couple people they're going to throw your way without even really knowing what they're doing. Yeah. So we yeah, really, I, we really like new new agents are a big part of my business. Yeah, I think the ideal number of transactions for an agent, although we like to get you know ten to fifteen a year, but if you can get four from forty different agents, uh, I like that better than getting ten um, uh, from four. Just because I mean, or or fifty from one one particular person because you almost feel indebted to them. And then if you lose them or you have a problem with, with one of those transactions, your stress level goes through the roof because I think you and I both know that over, over every year we lose, even as, as, as good as or long as we've been doing it, we, you're going to lose 10 to 15% of your agents. Absolutely. I got referred by 100 agents last year. You know, so that's my, I definitely am more of like using the law of numbers versus the, you know, because I think that's really the safe place to play is just, you know, adding new realtors all the time and, um, you know, building, keeping the relationship moving is really the, you know, my, my strategy. Yeah. And how do you find those new agents? Is it just off the cuff? Is it the listing agents that you pick up? It's any agent that it, comes up? 
It's it's usually the buddy system is the like. Remember, I told you I'm pretty good at you know being close to the money. Figuring right. thinking is like the, the so like why go you know look for new agents when you know all the agents that you know know who the new agents are. So don't just ask some more questions of the people you're talking to. Hey, it was really nice talking to you about your you know what you did this weekend. Thanks for that referral. Hey, by the way, I could use a big favor. Um, did any new agents sign up at your office? Oh, cool. I'd love to meet them. I'm doing this new agent program. You know, that's that that fruit is so available to us. It's once again, it's just a lot of us, or at least me, I sometimes go a little too fast. And I think mm-hmm. if you can just get that one question in with the people, you know, you can pick up, you know, really easy appointments. And then I just ask them to do a group text. I see. Great idea. Yeah, with the new yeah, agent, I said, yeah, I'll just say, hey, awesome. Hey, listen, they sound amazing. Hey, could you just shoot me a group text and introduce me and say something nice about me? And then it's a, it's pretty much a layup. Nice. Well, I'm glad that you've had a great year. Um, you know, all great years have been followed up with at least one or two um, really tough times. I'm just curious for you, Blaine, what, what was your toughest time in the mortgage business? And, you know, what would you, would you get from it? Like, would you learn either about your business or about yourself? Because I know there's a lot of listeners out there that uh, are about to go through a tough time. And I think we'll learn more about ourselves during that tough time and look back on it and, and be thankful for it. I, I'm curious, you know, what time did you have that you're most thankful for? Um, what I'm most thankful for the the lesson, you know, and the blessing, because I look, I look at mostly everything as a lesson or a blessing. I think that's just a, a tip I'd share just in my spiritual life. And mm-hmm. um, for sure, the mortgage meltdown in 2008 was a, was a great lesson. So what I, what I took away from that time frame and I would coach to my people at that time is I would just tell them to stay away from people in the industry. And what I mean by that is when, when times that are coming up and you're going to see it right now, um, when people are asking you like, Hey, how's your business going? A lot of times they're just looking for comfort and reassurance that it's going to be okay. Which what, what really I learned through the meltdown was the people who, if you can stay away from the people that are talking about the sky falling, the demand for money is always going to be there. And so that's what I used to tell people at our weekly meeting. I'd say, hey, guys, listen, just stay away from people in the industry and just just work twice as hard to find people that still need money because right. it's not going to go away. In any economic time, heat, there's never going to be a time when all the parties fail. You know, if you look right. at the Great Depression, the mortgage meltdown, certain sectors got affected. So, like, for me, I'm always thinking, well, what's coming in this next one? I mean, it's probably going to be a similar groups that got affected in the mortgage meltdown. You know, contractors are going to, you know, get caught holding the bag. There's going to be short sales, foreclosures. You know, I learned a lot of those things from the mortgage meltdown. Right. Um, the biggest, le- the biggest lesson I learned was stay away from the worriers and the naysayers and don't do it yourself and keep your head down and work. Cause if you work it and take action, it's always going to work out. Yeah. Work and take action. I like that. And yeah, I, I always find that what you're looking for, you will always find. So if someone's telling you how bad the business is and what's going on in the market, immediately your reticular activator is going to find that. It's going to find those areas. It's going to find that proof, and then you'll start believing that. And is you know, a mentor exactly. of mine once said, you know, what what is a belief? A belief is something you keep saying over and over again, and you believe it. Doesn't mean it's necessarily true. 
It's just what you believe to be true. You also said that agents or people often are looking for comfort. And one of the things that I uh, honor and appreciate about you is that you're not always looking for comfort. In fact, you're uh, at times looking for that uncomfortableness. And so uh, because I think you you more than most of my uh, mentors and friends uh, understand that the uh, the value of being uncomfortable is growth uh, and, a, and, a, and a happier life, right? Yep. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, anyway, so for um, before we wrap up, I'm curious. Um, do you have any uh, recommendations on uh, books? or books that you read on an ongoing basis, or um, events that you've been to, or people you've heard? I, I have a, um, I would say my routine, I'm, I'm a super routine guy, Heath, you know that about me, and anybody listening, I think, I mean, routine of any type's better than none. And for me, I have a, a practice of where um, my, my most recent thing that I've been listening to is um uh, Eric Thomas. I've been listening to a lot of his podcast just because okay. um, they call him ET. E. And he's uh-huh. just a motivational speaker, but he talks a lot about, you know, just work and grinding. And, you know, you got to get up earlier. And like right now, I think the mindset that I, I feel for where the industry's going and my life's going is, is like we're talking about, like if, if you don't start building up your mind and your mindset towards tough and hard work, that's the people that are going to really have a tough time over the next, you know, few years probably it's just the people like that just sit around and are thinking it's going to come back to low rates or that you know that realtors are going to miraculously jump in their lap um you know but i think it's it's all about just um keeping your mindset so i listen to a lot of that in the morning um have a few other little spiritual books i have like i'm a big you know law of attraction type person so i have i have a two two three hundred and sixty five day law of attraction um daily meditations i read and um and that's pretty much it. I've been with between the COVID and just, you know, kind of adjusting things. I've been just, that's about all I've had bandwidth for lately. Yeah. I'm going to get a list of your books because I know you've got, you got some great books that you read in the morning when you get up and, and I think the, uh, uh, everyone would enjoy that list. Well, man, I wanted to, before I let you go and let, before I let people know, uh, or let you know where people can find you, I would just wanted to acknowledge you, uh, Lane, for, for for number one for being a great friend and mentor to me it's uh we met about five years ago when i was actually you know coaching you and now i feel like you coach me more than i coach you and and i so appreciate that and i appreciate your dedication uh not only to your business but also your life and being that great example day in and day out uh, uh, just like being what I like to call like a focus grinder. You're talking about a grinder. You are a focus grinder and you're, uh, I appreciate that. And it, and then last, your willingness to always give and give and give and give and take care of people. And uh, I know people will want uh, to to receive uh, what you have to give. So if, if somebody is wanting some something from you, how would they best contact you? Heath, uh, thank you for saying all those nice things. Um, I am anybody listening. I am more than glad because I know that all of us who who strive are definitely got the help from somebody. So if anybody needs any tips or anything about anything I've shared, please call me at 
717-6237. That's my personal cell phone. Yeah, just give me a call or text me. And if you want to set up a one-on-one and just talk about, you know, anything that we've talked about today or just I'm I'm always honored to help because, I mean, my biggest joy in life, Heath, and where my whole business is stemmed around is just is just giving to other people and being of service. Because if I've ever had a dark time in my life or business, it's when I'm worried about what I'm going to be losing or could lose. And I think a lot of people are thinking about that right now. But, but you know, right. I'm, I'm trying to focus on what can I give to more people and what can I, you know, give to my community versus what I could lose. And I find if I can stay focused on that, that's my, my biggest blessing. Yeah. The key to happiness, fulfillment, fulfillment and finding yeah. other people. So. Well, th- thanks, Blaine, yep. for being on the show, man. I love you. I appreciate you being here. And uh, I can't wait to uh, have you on next because you're definitely going to be on uh, again. So thanks, Blaine. You're welcome, Heath. Hey, thanks a lot. Everybody go out and kill it. And there you have it. Another great episode. Don't forget to check out the notes at heathbarns.com. And you can find out more about all the ways we can help you at heatbarns.com. That's it for this episode. Have a great week, and we'll talk next time.